my our neighbors behind us across the creek still have their Christmas tree up, and they have burned it 24-7 since the middle of November. 24, they never turn it out. I get up in the middle of the night, I can see their Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, and it flashes. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you're not in there, uh, that you've gotten yours down by now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, uh, Sunday pastor talked about, I want to talk about some things about 2017 tonight. And so um, Sunday pastor talked about uh, well, and Eric brought up the two. I think I won the $100. So, yeah, I reached in, got Pastor's bill phone, took out a $100 bill and said, I won. <laughs> no, anyway. Anyway, I, I read somewhere, I think Pastor said it Sunday, though, uh, that 2017 would be a year of celebrations. And that just bore witness in my heart. And as I was meditating on it, I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say to plan your celebrations, to go ahead and plan your celebrations. So whatever you've believed God for, and then go ahead and plan the celebration you're going to have when it happens. I know in uh, 1999, I had a little vision of something happening in my life, and I saw how we would celebrate it. So I decided that I would even plan that celebration further because I've been meditating on celebrating that victory for, well, whatever that is, uh, 18 years. because it was January of 99 that I saw that. So I heard the Holy Spirit say, plan your celebrations. So whatever it is you're going to celebrate this year, whatever you're receiving, plan out the, plan out the party you're going to have. Hallelujah. Go big on your planning, too. And then I want to remind you and uh, that Steve Sampson said to live in expectation. And so let's turn over to Psalm 62.5 and look at some scripture. Now, something I want to mention, I uh, <clears throat> when we were praying this evening, uh, right at the end of prayer, I just had this... This came upon me. It was like I was so hungry, and this was a spiritually, not physically. I was so hungry spiritually. I, it was like, I am so hungry I could eat a T-bone steak. That's really, that's really what came over me. And I, th I was thinking, I, pray, I even prayed, Lord, we're hungry. But I really have a sense after, I, after we were singing and everything, that that's the kind of hunger that's coming on the people of God, which we have not seen people hungry for the things of God since, uh, I would say, early 90s, uh, where people are really hungry. And I'm, and, but I believe that's the kind of hunger that's coming on the people of God in 2017. I believe it was prophetic. In fact, we prayed about having prophetic that this would be a very prophetic year that there would be lots of prophetic released and so uh, and that's already happening in the services uh, I believe actually Steve Sampson when he came stirred that up in us so he said to live in expectation and uh, he had a dream remember 
if you remember, he said he asked, he asked the Lord for a dream and he had, but in Psalm 62, 5, my soul wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from him. So it is scriptural for us to have a spirit of expectation about us and we are to be expecting. And so turn, if you, if you're not expecting a lot, turn your expector on right now and then go over to Philippians 1, 20. We're going to look at some scriptures tonight having to do with 2017. Nearly said 15. Hallelujah. Philippians 1.20. Never thought Jesus would tarry this long. Hallelujah. Thought he'd have been here by now. Hallelujah. And probably we had it wrapped up and we'd all be in the millennial reign. But praise God. And... Hallelujah. Philippians 1.20. According to my earnest expectation. Say earnest expectation. I believe that's the kind of expectation we're supposed to have. Not just a casual expectation, but earnest expectation. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Nothing. We're not going to be ashamed. There's a scripture in Psalms, pray that, and I pray this: Lord, let me not be ashamed. Not let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Hallelujah! We are not going to be ashamed, folks. Hallelujah! You are not going to be ashamed. You have stood for righteousness. You have stood for uh, the spirit life. Hallelujah, the Spirit-filled life. You have stood for the Word of God. You have stood on the promises, and you are not going to be ashamed. So get some earnest expectation and hope in God. Hallelujah. And we will not be ashamed. In nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body whether it be by life or by death. Jesus is going to be magnified in us, spirit, soul, and body, this year. Yes. Hallelujah. We will not be ashamed. And we will not be ashamed as those that believe in healing and yet are not healed. We will not be ashamed. This is good news. Hallelujah. So, but we must, we must ramp up our expectation. And we have the Word of God to back us and to give us a reason to hope and a reason to expect. These are not empty dreams or false hopes. This is the holy written Word of God that we're step, standing on. And if we cannot put our expectation and our hope in that, then we don't have any expectation or hope in all in the cross or the resurrection or any of those things. So let's let's turn up our expector. And then one, then Steve said he saw himself riding on the mirror. God is uh, God is up to something good. I know. <clears throat> after about a week later. I thought, isn't there a song like, don't we, isn't there some sort of song? And I remembered that we used to sing uh, the song. Do y'all remember this song? I believe God is doing something good. Y'all remember that? I believe God is doing something good. 
Joel prophesied that in the end the Holy Spirit would be poured out on men. I believe God is doing something good. Hallelujah. I believe it. And if you'll go around and sing that, I don't, I don't know, some of you look like I never heard that song, but I promise you, every one of you in here was here when we used to sing that song. Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> maybe it was just the singer. Hallelujah. <laughs> not going to apologize. <laughs> anyway, if you'll sing that song to yourself a few times, you'll start expecting that God is doing something good. And then Pastor said Sunday uh, about talked about rapid acceleration. Hallelujah. Eric gave us some words for 2017. I can't remember uh, what they were. Uh, <coughs> but I have some new ones to add to you, to his little list. Uh, don't be mean in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> love will be seen in 2017 i don't know where i read that but i read that somewhere somebody had that i think it might have been mark brzee and anyway <laughs> glory to god so sunday we talked about this and i want to talk about it a little more about forgetting 2016 and before that if you need to so let's go over to philippians 313 just turn over a page philippians 313 because if we're going to expect with an earnest expectation in 2000, for 2017, then we're going to have to do some forgetting about 2015 and 2016. And we're going to have, we're going to have to for just forget it all. All the trials, all the troubles, all the inconveniences, all the things that... Um, that went on, all the things that were said, all the misunderstandings, all the, uh, hallelujah, all the disappointments. And you know, Sunday I talked about that 2016 was not, I didn't think it was my best year or whatever. I did, did not mean to indicate that the whole year was just horrible because we had a lot of good things happen to us, Pastor and I did, in 2016. God was faithful. But there were just a few things, you know, as you know, and some of you had things that you had to overcome in 2016. Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If we're going to reach the mark and we're going to get our faith answered so that we can have those celebrations, we will have to forget uh, those things that are behind. And we will have to press on and press further into the things of God. I hear a lot of th people on the internet and places talking right now about purging everybody's about decluttering and purging their closets and purging their house and you know this is that time of year when everybody wants to exercise and everybody wants to declutter and purge and and uh, um, I, I wasn't uh, so but you know we're talking kind of talking about that at, in the forgetting those things that were of 2016 even the problems you had in 2016 that you never 
got solved. You never figured out the answer to. You don't know why it happened or why they did that or why they acted that way or why all of those things. It is time to purge all of that stuff. Uh, I talked to people in 2016, even in the prayer room, we prayed for somebody. I can't remember who it was, but uh, I remember just praying over them being disappointed and they were disappointed and we got a word of knowledge about disappointment and and so we brought that up and as this person thought about it they said and this was at healing center they said um well yeah I, i'm disappointed because I, I think that they had moved to Tuscaloosa and it didn't turn out like they thought. And, and there were some things with children that didn't turn out like they thought. And so the disappointments, hallelujah. Not everybody's going to like us. Not everybody's going to understand us. And sometimes we just got to forget all that. And we've got to do what we said Sunday, according to Galatians 3. And we have got to uh, get in faith. Go back to the basics of getting completely in faith and believing God and not focusing on the failure side of life and the and the disappointment side of life. You know, there are sometimes we have our standard. I believe in word of faith we do this. And we are all basically our root is word of faith. But I think we set our standards sometimes so high that we are so we're 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 bound to be disappointed. And I'm not talking about believing for big things. That's great. I'm talking about um, people. Even sometimes we are we are leaning on perfection. And we want everything to be perfect and all our friends to be perfect and everybody to act perfect. And, and, it went, and instead of focusing, perfection is the law and it tends to death. The letter killeth. But faith is associated with excellence, and, but not perfection. Excellence is just doing the best you can with what you have today. But perfection will set you up to be friendless. And Pastor and I went through this several years ago where we had a lot of disappointments in friendships. And uh, we were ready to just write people off where our friendships were concerned. Just like, you know, kind of sometimes you ever have a day where you think, is everybody in the world crazy but me? Usually, we've had those days before. Um, I've had days where it seemed like everybody in Tuscaloosa was driving horrible. It was just like, what is wrong with you people today? But And so we were kind of went through a season where we had one of those. And God really dealt with us. And we just realized that friendships were really precious. And they were just, they were worth it. And so we hung on in some areas and just kept going and kept pressing for some people, even though it wasn't where it was supposed to be. And, you know, we're not sorry we did now. And I read something, and 
I, I, I don't expect, I think a lot of Word of Faith people would just hate this. And I'm going to say it anyway, okay? And it's not Bible, but I think it'll help you in the areas of, the, of, 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 your, in areas of your life. They said in this article I read that if the relationship is 60% good, count it good. And I thought to myself, for how many years have I had my relationship button set at 100% or else, buddy? I know that when we were pastoring in Seminole, that we had those people, we had that relationship and that church membership button set at 100%. And I'm not saying, you know, that's great because people live to where you expect them to live. But it was it was very hard on us and hard on them. Uh, one time we went back and they said something about, well, y'all, y'all really were, y'all really held the line for us. Y'all really made us toe the line and we're so glad and all that. And they were saying, you know, and they said something about in Tuscaloosa that we were doing that. And I said, and this was a lot of years ago. This was back in Word of you know when we were on the other side of town and i said if you could see us now we're just plain soft we do not we're just we're just softies and of course now we're just like uh, we have turned into just peanut butter <laughs> as far as how we used to toe the line you you know and all this kind of stuff sometimes i think we might ought to zip it up a little but my point is is that you can't write everybody off that's not 100% and doesn't do it 100% like you want them to all the time, or you're going to be one lonely person. And you're going to be so disappointed all the time, you're going to be frustrated all the time, because guess what? There are no people on the face of the earth, I don't care how Christian, how spirit-filled, how, what a word, they are, there's no 100% people out there. And Jesus was the only one. He was 100% all the time. And they still didn't like him. He still didn't meet their expectations. They, did, they were really disappointed in him. And he sure didn't do what they wanted him to do. So, these are keys to 2016. So, uh, 2017, and we need to purge out... It is unhealthy to live in the past. It's unhealthy to live in the past. And to walk forward and to move forward and to make progress is brave. God wants us to be brave. That's kind of a, 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 a word that's popular right now, brave. You will, you'll see signs that say brave. And, and uh, I don't know where it goes, where, it, where it's connected to as far as... Uh, pop culture i'm sure it's coming from some movie or something but let me tell you it is brave to move forward in god it is brave to walk and move and uh, it's brave to forget the past and it's brave to have earnest expectation so one of the things as far as 2016 and purging that all out is to receive forgiveness go ahead and receive forgiveness from god from anything where you don't feel like you measured up or you, you know, um, and that 100% thing, we, we, can all, we, we can also live in a perpetual disappointment in ourselves, and we need to forgive ourselves.
And we've got to accept that the past is over. And I know most of you, some of you don't have huge problems. Everybody has some problems, but I know a lot of you don't have huge problems. But I will tell you this. I was meditating on some of our, one of our church families in Texas. I was thinking about them today. And they're both dead. And they are our age. And they're gone. And, uh, uh, and I was thinking about how it, it looked so perfect on the outside. But how, how nobody in that church knew all the horrible problems that they had. So sometimes if you think I'm preaching something that's maybe not, you know, because nobody has that kind of problems. Lots of people have problems that we don't even know about. And I was thinking about them because they died and their son was in our Christian school and he died right after we moved. He was a year older than Colin. Right after we moved to, to Trustville, they called us and said he had run his truck into a telephone pole on Hobbs Highway, and he was dead. And um, and they had adopted a little Mexican girl, and she was a year younger. That was, I think, Eric's first girlfriend, or one of his first girlfriends. He had, and her name was Micah, and in daycare. That was his girlfriend in daycare. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were this tall, and that was his girlfriend. <laughs> well, I'm telling you. <laughs> Sometimes Andrew tells us about some good-looking girls there at ACA or some 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 girls he, he girls he likes but anyway but Micah's the only one left i mean her grand the, the grandparents are dead the mom and dad are dead she she has nobody else well there was a family in our church Johnny and Michelle Powers who had four kids and they have got like a mountain of grandkids i don't know how many even and uh, they're the kind of people that just at Thanksgiving and Christmas, it was just a free-for-all. Anybody was invited, just come on over. You couldn't have too many. Life's a party. And uh, uh, and we were a lot straighter than that then. And so now I think it's awesome. Then I was like, it's just chaos over there, you know. But, you know, when when I think Gary, the the husband, was the last one to die, well, when he died, they just adopted Micah. I mean, that's their daughter now, and her kid. Grand, they just added all her kids in, just throw them in the pile of grandkids. They buy, they treat them. They go to the ball games. I don't know how they could go to that many ball games, and th- gifts and everything, which is which is awesome. That's the kind of people they are. So she's just become a powers, and so uh, uh, my point. What was my point? Hallelujah! But I was thinking about them. How. It looked so perfect on the outside, but it was such a mountain of pain and hurt and past wounds and all of those kind of things. So, hallelujah. If that's anybody in here to any degree or another, stop revisiting it, analyzing it, and regretting it, and don't sweat about it anymore, about the past. It's over, and we have to trust God in Romans, it says that all things work together for good to those that love God 
and are called according to his purpose. So everything in our past, every broken thing, every misstep, every even the things people said to you that hurt, that all of that, it will work for your good. I want you to turn to Genesis 50. And all you have to do to cause it to work for your good, all the past, every relationship that didn't work, every divorce, every... All you have to do is just get in faith about it. Just get in faith. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead. Now, you know Joseph's brethren had thrown him into a well, sold him into slavery, and he had uh, served as the slave and in the, then was thrown into the prison. Uh, and then he was raised up as the second to the... Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure what his name was. Pharaoh. But yeah, second to Pharaoh. He was, in other words, he was raised up as a man of power right under Pharaoh. And his brothers came looking for food because there was a famine in uh, the land. And they came to Egypt where he was. Uh, they did not recognize him, but he recognized them. And he put them through some drills where they had to go back, get their dad and all that. And then, uh, but when the dad died, when father was dead, they began to be extremely afraid because they knew they had done wrong by Joseph and they felt like now possibly since their dad was dead, he would take it out on them. It was like, okay, I put up with you as long as daddy was alive, but now I'm going to, now I'm going to hang you from a gallows or something. And so, so when they realized, when they said, okay, daddy's dead, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. Well, that didn't happen. They were just making it up as they went, you know. They came and said, Well, Daddy said before he died for you to forgive us. <laughs> trying to get that for they did unto thee evil and now we pray thee forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father and Joseph wept when they spake unto him he wept because because they didn't believe that his heart was right toward them and um and his brethren also went and fell down before his face and they said behold we be thy servants and Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? And this is where it's really important. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You need to mark uh, verse 20 in your Bible. Joseph said to them, he said, You know what you did to me? You did it for evil, but God meant it for good. And that's what I would say to you tonight. Yeah, there's some things that have happened to all of us, but God meant it for good. He turned it for good to help, to help you and used it to cause you to mature and to grow. Hallelujah. Um, so keep that in mind. 
this year and going into this year, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we need to bring every thought captive. Every thought that you have of regret, of sadness, of self-pity, of condemnation. A lot of us are judging ourselves too harshly. <clears throat> the devil's real faithful to help us with those things. I uh, often have feelings and thoughts of, well, you're not praying enough. You didn't pray enough. And I could walk under perpetual condemnation. But, you know, I got out my last year's book to look for something today. And I was looking at all the stuff I prayed, and I went, I can't believe I prayed all that. I, my heavens. I mean, I just had page after page. And I'm like, isn't that such a lie the devil speaks to us and speaks to our minds? Hallelujah. You know, we're pleasing God a lot more than we realize. And if we do mess up, we repent. And after repenting, we need to believe this. We need to believe that the past can't hurt us anymore. That is important. That Because sometimes we repent and we really believe God forgave us, but we still kind of feel like the past is going to hurt us. But it cannot hurt us uh, anymore. We need to move on. One of the things the Lord spoke to me was 2 Corinthians 5.17, which is really a scripture about the new birth. But in a sense, we don't just have to get born again uh, one time. David Hogan talks about this. He talks about, well, I got born again again. In fact, uh, I think it was 2015 that we went to see him in Tipton, Tilton, Tipton, something. Tipton, Georgia. We went over there to see him and spent about three days in his meetings. And one thing he was stressing that year, and now that he may still be, is that he went through, uh, he nearly died. He went through a horrible year. I think it was 14 was just the most horrible year of his life. And But in January of 2015, he said, I got born again, again. And that didn't mean he lost his salvation. It just meant he had a rejuvenation, a resurrection. And that's what we need to have this year is a rejuvenation, a resurrection, because all things are new. In Second Corinthians 5.17 says, uh, well, talks about the new creation. Uh, some of you can probably quote it, but... My mind's over somewhere else right now. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Old things are passed away. 2016, that's an old thing. It's passed away. All things are become new. I'm new. And I'm not just... Um, I'm new in a new way, even from my newness that I used to be new. Does that make sense? In other words, I'm not the same person that drove into Tuscaloosa County in 1996 and tasted my first sweet tea. I was a spirit-filled, born-again Christian. I was committed. I was full of God. And I was obeying in faith and walking by faith. 
But I'm not that person. I've been born again again several times. I, and you're new. You're not the same person that began 2016. You're new. You're a new creation. Hallelujah. And I trust in 2018, the beginning, you'll be another new creation. Hallelujah. I talked Sunday about not trying to figure out why. Because it's futile. It's futile to sit around trying to figure out why. Why did this happen to me? Why did I do that? Why did they do that? You'll never know. It, I'll tell you why. The devil and the human condition. The devil and the human... Because there's no 100% people. And the devil's always faithful. And a lot of things you think... You, you think you, a lot of things you think are wrong. A lot of things you felt, they were just feelings. It was nothing but a feeling that the devil brought by. Things we think, they're nothing but a thought that the devil brought by. And, you know, we think we know why somebody, well, they did that because they don't really like me. Chances are, you know, they don't. And, you know, we we have these trigger points, all of us, because... But it, one thing about getting, just letting God purge out the trigger points from that were caused by the past. To try to solve it, I, I spend a lot of times trying to solve things, Pastor can tell you. But it's pretty much unproductive because you're never going to solve it. All you can do is walk by faith. That's what we said Sunday. Quit trying to solve it and walk by faith. Quit trying to solve it and walk by faith. We get our lives, our lives get tangled up. Not so much now, but from our past. When we, li when we lived as the Gentiles lived. Live. Do you all ever uh, watch a movie and you think, Oh my Lord, how could people have that many problems of course i realize it is just a movie but sometimes even something that's a true story it's like how could you mess your life up uh that much how could you be so messed up you know sometimes we see hollywood stars and we go how could your life be that big a mess at that age and sometimes we have gotten our lives tangled up and you know, we've been with different partners and we've married and we've unmarried and we've, and then, and then other things besides all that. Um, and all of that tends to scramble things inside of us. It gets everything just twisted and tied up and, and then, and then we're, we're not able to be all that the word says we're called to be and all that we want to be in the word. But the way to get everything untied, all the knots, all the all the things that can it can only be solved supernaturally. And so the way to do that is to obey daily. Just our little daily obediences to God. Just those daily times that we spend with Him. The daily times in the Word. He says to do this and we do it. And sometimes they, it, the things he tells us to do don't seem to have any significance uh, for our life. 
But as we do those daily obediences, our soul gets untangled and restored, and we begin to be whole. God wants to make us whole. He wants us healed and whole, whole in our spirit, whole in our soul. And I'm talking about W-H-O-L-E, whole. Not having a hole in our soul, an H-O-L-E, but being W-H-O-L-E. And he can heal the wounds from the divorce and the issue. The things that people are going to the psychiatrist and the psychologist for, and they're taking uh, tranquilizers and sleeping aids and all those kind of things um, uh, for those are the kind of things is as as we daily obey him little by little as pastor read that scripture sunday here a little there a little he begins to untangle and unwind even if it's traumatic things like abuse sexual abuse physical abuse mental abuse verbal abuse and those things wound the soul and people the you know um as we live for him and live in him and obey him daily, those things begin to heal. And it's it's and and we become a we become a whole person, spirit, soul, and body. We talked about Sunday that fear is usually based on something false. It's really based on a what if, and that fear is false evidence appearing real. Uh, <clears throat> hallelujah. So let's forget the fear of 2016 and forget the uh, feelings of 2016. I want to turn to Matthew 4, 4 now and go back to something that we talked about in December, about the middle of the month. This is all to help us to start 2017 correctly and to... Uh, have us engage with God in the Word just like we're supposed to in 2017. Matthew 4, 4. And this was um, when Jesus was led into the wilderness for the temptation. In verse 4 he says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That is a very important scripture. It's, it's, came, it's Jesus actually quoting from Deuteronomy 8. Man shall not live by bread alone, which that refers to natural things. Man shall not live by natural things. The senses, the feelings, the thoughts, even the natural things. We cannot live by uh, education, by uh, our social status, if we were born into a certain social status of money, or n you can't live on that. When it comes to God and the new creation, we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You can count on God. I want to say that to us tonight. You can count on God. You can count on His Word. You can live 
you can live, really live life because his word is absolute truth, absolute life, absolutely accurate. You can count on it. You can build your house on this rock of the word of God and it will not fail you. Remember, you can't put you can't build your house on a person. You're going to be always disappointed. They're always going to let you down. Even if they were 100%, it wouldn't fill the void. Only the word of God and God can fill the void inside of us. But there is no 100% person. They're going to mess up. You know, a lot of times we get infatuated uh, in a relationship. All of us do it, not just with a husband or a wife. Um, uh, that's why it's important when you're dating to date long enough to get over the infatuation <laughs> and uh, <laughs> have a few arguments and see if you still like them. <laughs> after the argument and I'm not talking about moving in together and living together and trying them out you know I'm not talking about that but I'm talking about uh, anybody can put on an act for a month or two or you know so there's no but we get infatuated with we might go to a church and and be infatuated with the pastor I remember uh one of our friends that went to Rama, uh, he he was in, from Pecos, Texas, and uh, he said when he was at Rama that they would go to Bob Yandian's class. Anybody ever heard of Bob Yandian? Well, he would go. They would go to Bob Yandian's class, and Bob Yandian is a teacher extraordinaire. I mean, he's he's that really. That's what he is. He's not the pastor. He's not the evangelist he's not the prophet you're not going to ever hear a prophecy from bob yandian but he can teach himself he could he he could teach himself out of hell i promise he he is that good a teacher and he said they were walking down the sidewalk one day and he was following this guy and he heard this guy say man that bob yandian is the way the truth and the life <laughs> And we laugh about that because that, you know, that was, that's funny because he's not Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Some of you are looking at me like, really? He really was? <laughs> no, he's not. Jesus was. But we can get infatuated uh, in a church. Oh, oh, they're so great. Well, there's no hundred percent. There's no 100% people. There's no 100% church. There's no, there's no perfect church. There's no perfect pastors. It's, 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 it's just an illusion. And um, some of us don't recover well from disappointment in people. People disappoint us. They let us down. And we don't recover well. And we let it ruin we let it ruin relationships. We let it ruin, well, you know, I can't go to that church. They're not perfect. You know, well, you're going to find out. 
And here's the uh, and that's one thing about a big church is there's an illusion that you may never if you see somebody on a screen and that's the only place you ever see them, you're not going to know. Or if you go to a church that's so big that the pastor walks in from behind the stage and he comes out and he preaches and he and when he's finished he goes back behind the stage and you know you won't ever know. So it's, but it is a loot. There are no 100% people. And we need to enjoy people and love people and have relationships with people that are not perfect. So think about if you're expecting perfection from someone, or if you did and it, call, and it, 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 and it caused you to let go of something that was precious. Um, Turn to John six sixty three. You can count on God. Back to my... You cannot live on that natural bread of a human being. But you can live on every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You can count on Him. John six sixty three. Y'all all beat me there. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. But here's the part I want you to see. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are supernatural. What was that word we got tonight in prayer, Pam? That last thing? No, not that one. Right before that. Take no word lightly. That came forth in prayer tonight. Take no word lightly. And I thought it was so appropriate with this that we don't take the word of God lightly and, and what he speaks to us. But in our morning time or whatever time we are there and we're, ta- we're reading the scripture, that till we let God speak to us from the word and we don't take it lightly what he speaks to us when the prophet speaks and the spirit the spirit of prophecy is all up over and in this church all the time there are words all the time spoken from the pulpit that they are not just a good teaching or a motivational talk but these words are spirit and they are life and there are things being said that are prophetic to us all the time. That are prophetic to y'all and to us. And, you know, sometimes it's pretty direct where Steve Sampson comes and he says, Okay, to y'all or Lisa, let me, I'm going to give you this word. Or, you know, those are, those are pretty direct. I mean, it's not hard to figure out that God is saying something to us. But on the other hand, a lot of times we're just, we take that stuff so lightly. And it is to be prayed about. It is to be investigated. Because you may not right on the surface catch it, know what it means. Probably won't right at first. It has to be prayed out, thought out. You might even take it wrong. And it, it I've heard... People say it's not rocket science. I mean, there has been times, and this has happened more than once, when I was in a prayer line and somebody was giving a word to the person next to me and I knew it was my word. I knew it was a word to me. 
Now, I don't know if it was a word to them too or if it wasn't their word at all. But what I'm saying is it's not rocket science. And sometimes when the man of God or the woman of God just gets near you, something will come out. You know, so that's one reason. If somebody comes up and says something to you and you go, that is just totally not, not for me. Uh, you know, we have a friend that we, I mean, we know him personally, and he literally prophesied to a married woman that she was going to get a husband. <laughs> it was the biggest mess. <laughs> and you would know him if I told the name of this person. But this person's not a bad person. This person's not a false prophet. And I don't know if they were just in the vicinity of somebody that was getting a husband or if they just blew it completely but hallelujah <laughs> and he said does uh i think he actually asked her does is this bearing witness with you and she said well i don't know since i've already got a husband <laughs> or something to that effect and we we sit around and laugh about this pretty often. I mean, this is entertainment for us. <laughs> but uh, And we just pray to God it never happens, happens to us. Because uh, 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 they say that his wife got up and she was trying to cover for him and all this stuff. And it was just like she was just digging the hole deeper. That's when you need the escape door, and you do leave the service as soon as you say amen. You need to go out the back door. Uh, uh, no, anyway, but it isn't rocket science. But we need to pay attention because it means something. And it's not just the words that mean something. And we don't need to take these words lightly. Uh, it's not just the words that mean something. Many times it's the actions. I know we would go to Brother Hagin's meetings. And uh, I remember uh, we were in uh, Plano, Texas in a Brother Hagin meeting. I, I bet there wasn't 100 people there, 100 pastors. It was pastors only. And uh, Brother Hagin, I don't know if he was aware he did this or not. Probably wasn't. But he was preaching on, and he was he got over on when spiritual warfare gets out of balance or out of hand. And there were some people in the room that had probably gotten out of balance, maybe not, but probably had out of balance, where spiritual warfare was concerned. And you know the whole time Brother Hagin was talking about that, he stood, stood right in front of them. Right in front. It makes a it the it the it, I'm telling you the acts are prophetic. I'm telling you this is a very prophetic church, and and the prophetic gift is activated here because of your faith and because you believe, and you don't take these words lightly. You probably take them more lightly than you should, but you still probably are in the upper of esteeming prophetic words, you esteem that. And the more you esteem it, the more you have it, and the more the atmosphere will be conducive to that, and the more, uh, hallelujah. So, take no word lightly, because these words that he speaks, they are spirit, 
and they are life. They are creative. I've heard Steve Sampson say that when a word comes, it's not it's it's got the power in it to create whatever he's speaking. And these were even if this word you got was long ago, even if you know Brother Hagen used to tell us if you don't understand it, put it up on the shelf. Remember the and you know, you may not understand some of the words, but you should meditate on it and look at it and pray about it and put it up on the shelf. I know you know, things that David Ellis spoke to us, we're like, what in the world does that mean? But later, things come to light and it makes sense. Isaiah 55. This is a new scripture for me. Isaiah 55. And we're going to close down just in a second here. Isaiah 55, 2. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread? that which is not bread, natural things, and your labor for that which satisfieth not. You know, the natural things will never satisfy us. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. So focus on the supernatural. Hallelujah. Don't get caught up in the natural things. It won't satisfy you. I don't care. I don't, it, it just won't. But eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear. Listen. Come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live and I shall make an everlasting covenant with you. Hallelujah. These are very precious, these words of God, these scriptures. They are spirit and they are life and the prophetic words and the preached word. Very important. And not all preached, not all preaching is created equal. Even from people that are good ministers of God, there's different levels of giftings and different levels of anointings that change the power and the authority and the significance of the Word of God that you hear preached. Uh, so what I'm saying is you could give the same notes to three different ministers and they could preach it exactly the same way, but it would not carry the same authority, the same anointing, because it depends on the inward soul of the minister, the work that God, he's allowed God, or they have allowed God to work in them. It depends on their prayer life. It depends on their, uh, their, uh, it, it depends on some things like that. And their, and it also depends on something that they have no control of, which is the gifting that God has placed in them. So it's not all created. Acts fourteen seventeen, also a new scripture for me, which you, uh, one of those new scriptures that you've read a thousand times, but but it's a new scripture. God's got some new scriptures for you this year. Places in the Word of God that you've read a hundred times, but you're going to see some new scriptures in 2017. And I didn't know I was going to say that. That's prophetic. Acts 14, 17. Nevertheless... He left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven in fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. God never leaves himself. 
and he never leaves us without a witness. We can count on him. You can count on God. He will never leave you without a witness. When you're walking through a trial or something's, you're walking by faith, whether you feel good about it or it's, a, it's stretching you, he will never leave you without a witness. God is witnessing to us all the time. He witnesses to us when we read His Word. He witnesses to us while we sit under the Word and the Word is preached. He witnesses to us while we sing. He witnesses to us when we go down the road and we see that angel's wing in the cloud. That is His witness and it is speaking to you and He will never leave you without a witness. It's a reminder some things are more direct, like a specific word, but there are reminders out there every day. I'm with you. Uh, I won't. I. I never will leave you. He gives us reminders of his love. He gives us reminders of his goodness. He uh, always finds a way to draw our attention to those things too. Isn't it amazing that we that we even notice? I, I, you know, you come out of a store and there's a double rainbow and you see it. You, you hear a song on the radio. And God is so amazing and so creative in how He witnesses to us. I, I remember, and I'll just tell this last thing, but when God had spoken to us to move to Alabama, and it was fresh. I mean, it was, we had just gone to, we knew we were going to move, but we didn't know where. And we had already been to Alabama on vacation, and uh, in the July. But this was back. This was in January of two thousand. Um, no, not two thousand. Nineteen ninety-six. And he had told us in November, "I'll tell you in January. I'll talk to you about it in January." Well, we went to a Mark Brzee meeting. And he gave us a download, and he told us exactly what to do, what day to do it, move to Birmingham. And uh, so we decide that when we're, so we're driving home uh, from um, Tulsa to Seminole, and you know you got to go across Oklahoma. And we were right there between uh, Tulsa and Oklahoma City and the, if you've ever been on that, I think it's a, I think it's a toll road actually. Uh, anyway, it's a, there's a big median in the middle, and the McDonald's actually sits in the middle of the highway, so both sides can get to it. Because once you get on this toll road, you don't get off till you get to Oklahoma City. Anyway, uh, so um, we pull into that McDonald's, and we said, you know. Past, uh, Michael, need, Pastor needs to call Pastor Webb in Birmingham. At, and so he, there's a pay phone. This is, we don't have a cell phone. This is so long ago, we don't even have a cell phone. And so he, the wind is blowing a gale. I mean, and, and uh, so me and Eric go in the restaurant, and we're sitting in McDonald's, and he's outside in a cold, brutal Oklahoma wind calling Pastor Webb on the on the payphone to tell him that we're moving to Birmingham. And, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm just all of a sudden, I'm like, because we've just, this is fresh, I'm, and I'm just sweating bullets, you know. And so uh, 
And we're sitting there, and over the radio comes this song. I cannot tell you who sings this song, but it's something about down in Birmingham, way down in Alabama. And I'm like, you got to be kids. <laughs> you know, there. <laughs> does anybody know what the song is? Black Betty? Oh, I, didn't, I don't know. But it's like, who in, who in Oklahoma even plays that song, you know? And so this is coming over the radio in this McDonald's, and I am like, this is, this is amazing. But God never leaves us without a witness, no matter what we're walking through. He will... How many of you have... I just give a testimony real quick of some witness that you've had that you just looked up and saw something or heard something. Anybody had a witness? You saw one? Anybody else get a witness of something? Yeah, that's that 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 happens a lot, doesn't it? That is uh where you hear people use the same word that you were just thinking or had just received from the Lord. That's good. I'm glad you reminded us of that. Anybody else? Maybe you're not noticing the witnesses God is giving you. Because He is. He really is. And it doesn't have to be from somebody that's spiritual either. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness and your witness to us. Thank you, Father, for the anointing and power that's on this year. And that even now you're downloading into us, each person individually, the equipment that is needed for this day and this hour. The grace to walk through. The grace to walk in love. The grace to have joy and enjoy. Thank you, Father, for the daily bread that you are downloading into our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that every person in this room, before this week is over, they will have a witness They will have a personal witness that you are working in their lives and that everything is turning out amazing. And Father, that you will cause them to see it, cause them to take note of it. In Jesus' name. Lord, order our steps this year. In your word and in prayer, order our steps corporately and individually. Lord, we're seeking you to know exactly what we ought to do. And Lord, we live righteously. We live up front and out in the open. Completely open to you and your heart and your will perfect that which concerns us perfect that which concerns river church lord we trust you 
with every part of the workings of this church and of our lives. That you're working it all out and that all things are working together right now for good because we love you, Lord, and we are called according to your purpose. And Lord, anything that's happened to us in the past, though other people may have meant it for evil, and certainly the devil meant it for evil, you are, you meant it for our good, you're turning it for our good, you're causing it to bring good into our lives. We give you glory in Jesus' name. I want to say one thing, I thought of it while I was praying. This is so amazing. Only God could do this. But I heard Joyce Meyer say, not that long ago, this fall sometime, she was talking about, and she had been sexually abused all her life by her daddy till she was, I don't know, 16 or something. And she said, now you can only, I, this just, I can't even hardly say it. I cannot even hardly say this. It is so supernaturally. But she said, God had so healed her and he had so turned it for good and so used it to help other people that she could honestly say, I'm glad I was... That is so hard to say. That is hard for me to say, but that is... That is supernatural goodness of God amazing. But that's how good he is. And there is not anything in our lives or anybody's life that you know that is beyond his reach or beyond his help.